You're listening to the Fire in the Hole podcast with Richard and Jason, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. If you like the show, you can help us out by supporting us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. If you want to be a guest on the show, or you want to get in touch, drop us a line at fireintheholepodcast at gmail.com. That's fireintheholepodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Ah, Nadal! We are just months away from refining weapons-grade uranium, and we are set to test the missile next week. Hmm. It is too round on the top. It needs to be pointy. Round is not scary. Pointy is scary. This will put a smile on the faces of the enemy. They will think that it is a huge robot's dildo flying towards them. No, Supreme Leader, the shape of the missile top has nothing to do with aerodynamics. It is about the payload delivery. No, it sticks in the ground and then kaboom. Supreme Leader, I think perhaps some of your information about bombs is coming from cartoons. Nonsense. They were research films. And in them, the victims of the bomb would get very sooty faces and then a see-through version of themselves started rising up towards heaven while playing a harp. In this film... Just one question. Was there a duck who, when the explosion is happens, his bill goes around the back of his head, and then in order to talk, he has to put it back this way? There was somebody who suffered a deformity like that. Yeah. Okay. I am now 100% sure that you are watching cartoons. This one goes out to you, Nadim. Nadim. It sounds like, like you know, for Nadim, like some <laughs> role-playing game, <laughs> you know, like intro video, like, and then it was in the kingdom of Nadim <laughs> that we learned the terrible secret of the Night Prowler. <laughs> it devastated. It the swept the prince. It's, he, he swept across the land, taking the souls of the children. Until a few brave men rose for Nadim and took back the night stars. Saga of Nadim. PlayStation. PlayStation. <laughs> I miss that retarded PlayStation thing. I wonder if, yeah, like. Younger people don't even get that reference. PlayStation. No, no. <laughs> the gamer, the gamer community is alive and well. And you know what? I'll, the one thing that the internet has done now is that you literally can make jokes. People will laugh. Younger people will laugh at them. They won't know why it's really funny, right. but they'll know the reference. Right. Right. Like I did a, I'm snakes on a plane joke the other day, and like all these younger people like cracked up, and they're like, I think that's a movie. Like they, you know, like <laughs> they knew, the, they knew the meme. But didn't necessarily know the. the Wait, the how reference. the fuck old is Snakes on a Plane now? It's fucking old, bro. When did it come out? It's like, very old. It's like two thousand one, something like that, which is a long fucking time ago. God, it's almost it. twenty years ago, bro. Jesus fuck! I know. <laughs> Movies are the worst for that. How is that possible? Movies and TV shows are the worst, and because of the way that you age, you're like, yeah, well, that I would say. 
like I sometimes catch myself talking to a, a friend of mine and, and when I mention movies, she's like, oh yeah, that old fucking movie. That's a super old film. And I'm like, Jesus, it didn't feel like it was that old to me. 2006. 2006? All right, that's still 12 years ago, bro. Jesus. Right? Yeah, yeah, man. It's uh, it's madness. Uh, uh, how how time flies, man. Just it just tired of these motherfucking years passing so motherfucking <laughs> this, fast. Exactly. Motherfucker. Yeah. And it's like everything's memed immediately now. Every utterance on on social media. Right. So these things are aging even faster now. Right. Even like Trump stuff is like totally, you know. Yeah. It's done. <laughs> Even he's so having trouble having people talk about him because people are just done. Yeah. They're How long can you talk on. about the same subject? Right. Well, I mean, I think that's also the appeal of all the content, like like production that we're seeing on Netflix and we're seeing online. Like, So many shows. It's bec- we, like there's, we're, we're monsters now. We're content monsters. Yeah. And we're just devouring. How many series do you used to watch back in like, like 10 years ago? Not not as many as I do now. <laughs> there were maybe two series that you would watch. Yeah. And they wouldn't come out at the same time because if they overlapped, then they would fuck this, the ratings. I don't know how I find all the time to watch all the stuff that I watch. Yeah. Seriously. It's, it's But I feel like I need to do that in order to be like up on everything that's going on. Right. Because every conversation that you go, like you hang out with people like, oh, did you see this? Oh, did you see that? Oh, did you watch Stranger Things? Oh, did you watch Last Jedi? Oh, did you watch... Yeah, somebody goes, did you watch Did you watch Stranger Things and Altered Carbon and, and this other show and the Chappelle show and the, th- the Chappelle stand-up? And they're th- like, you just, you, you just that's that's 27 hours that you just, right. in that one sentence. No, I didn't fucking watch all that stuff. Right. Oh, well, now you won't get the next 90 minutes of what I have to say. Right. And also, you're going to spoil it all for me. <laughs> right. But at this point, like, it's so exhausting Right. I think we're we're reaching kind of a peak. We're 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 reaching a place now where the data is starting to maybe degrade. Not that good stuff isn't coming out, but it's just like everyone's producing top-notch fucking must-see TV. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So there's a breaking point, I think, at some point. Hmm. All right, well let's 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 jump into that. Like, you know, since we haven't seen each other in a little while, and the shows have been few and far between because of our schedules, as we talked about on our last episode. Yeah. Um, that also means that, you know, we haven't really discussed what we're watching and that's kind of a thing we kind of do, you know, as that's true. I get my updates about what you're watching by your Facebook posts. Oh, right. Cause and, I'll make a random comment. To, yeah. And then Hugo will comment and you'll antagonize each other about it. That's a nice way of putting it. I would hmm. say Hugo, uh, takes a steaming dump on anything I say. Shout out to Hugo. Shout out to Hugo. Well, I'm glad that while we haven't had a chance to hang out as often as normal, that someone has taken up the mantle of taking steaming dumps on. Yeah, on, on, there should always you. be somebody yeah. dumping on me. Yes. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Tag team. Uh, I hate you. Um, just like I hate Richard. I mean, not quite as much, but mm. you know, that's just because you haven't had the time with me that Richard has had. That's right. But he definitely uses a different style. And before we make this about Hugo, um, yeah, I th- I think that's how we keep track of things is mm-hmm. just through posts and social media and stuff. But all right, so what have you right. been watching, man? What have you been? I am deep in the Vikings. 
Oh yeah, you're back on the Vikings. I'm train? on Vikings. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. It is. It's intense. What season is it on now? Season five. I'm on season four. Okay. I like. I dropped off. I think at the end of season two. I think that's where I dropped out. Yeah. And then. Uh, Not that it wasn't a stellar fucking show. I just. Oh, it was so good, man, and way more popular than I thought it was. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people watching that shit. And then uh, I, I couldn't get back into it. Like I, I moved on to other things and I, I found it was like a really hard show to kind of get back into. You can't just jump into it, right? It's, it's, it's a bit of a buy-in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to like kind of rewatch the last few episodes that you didn't watch. And although like the last time, last time on Vikings, right. you know, get a few recaps in there and then like, okay, now I'm back in the groove. And then, uh, but holy shit, is it intense, man? It's fucking, what a, it's uh, beautifully made. Yeah. Serious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, ne- approaching the end of season four and it's like every night, na- like I'm losing sleep on this. Like I'll, I'll put on an episode of like 11 o'clock and then like okay. 12 o'clock rolls around. Like I really want to watch the next one. Like they're really good at like leaving it off on a, on a, on a point that you want to get the next like one. battle star level yeah okay yeah, yeah, it's like up there motherfucker i need to know what happens next yeah okay. yeah exactly like i can't leave it off there and then like get to the next one like i can't leave but i have to work <laughs> in the morning right. you know with yeah i need both eyes tomorrow i can't do it when i yeah but it's uh it's it's a it's a page turner oh i'll definitely uh, it's on my list man um you got to get back into that shit but in, in my opinion there's so much stress you know, with me when it comes to catching up on shows or mm-hmm. watching shows that people I respect are recommending, there's almost like a little panic attack right. because I know <laughs> that he, you're probably 150% right and it's probably amazing. But what happens to me also when I watch a very good show or a very good movie is obviously it lights up my my feelings of wanting to produce oh, sure, that yeah. stuff again. and. There's a mixture of joy and sadness that comes with it. Mm. There's the wonder and the amazement at seeing a, a piece of work that's really fucking top notch. And just seeing how how even the shittiest show now, what level of production and, and effort you can find in it. Even the garbage like entry level show now has more production integrity and acting levels in it than like it's really up the game across the board. And even shows that have topics that I don't give a fuck about at all, like a show like Riverdale, for instance. You couldn't pay me to watch that fucking show. But I can just see from the snippets I've seen that it's a solidly produced show. And whatever demographic it was meant for must be enjoying the fuck out of it. Right. Because even that piece of shit, not not a piece of shit, I can't say that I haven't watched it, but even a show like that that has no appeal to me whatsoever uh, is bringing it. And I keep hearing about these shows like Atlanta apparently is riveting. Right. I yeah, heard that's heard an that incredible too. show. Mm-hmm. Um, like This Is Us apparently. This like, Is Us apparently is really moving and like a heart-wrenching kind of thing. Yeah, I have like two categories of shows. Like stuff that I'll watch with Sylvie. Right. With a girlfriend. Or the ones that I'll watch on my own. And like Vikings is squarely in the category of watch on my own. Because that's it's shit. like, you know, it's very violent and stuff. She's not into the violence uh-huh. and stuff. But there's all these other ones, like these dramatic ones, that, or or like uh, comedy. Like we're watching uh, Thirty Rock, like re- revisiting it. Or I mean, I had watched it sporadically, but I did not realize what a masterful it's a masterpiece show. It is so fucking well written, consistently, 
every single one and yeah. every there's not a wasted moment in there never there's zero percent fat in that show it's amazing like and we imagine. just like laugh and that laugh out loud right you know it's no, like it's easily it's a very underrated show holy shit man like, like it had its success and it, it had its prominence but i don't think people like in retro that's one day they'll realize this was one of the funniest shows ever on tv it is so good i cannot recommend it enough yeah like every single time the premises the, the the actors the editing the casting like the the characters are just amazing and yeah. like and it's and it's something that it's kind of like the office right like the the more you become accustomed to the characters like you get to know them more and mm -hmm. then there's all these kind of like sort of inside jokes and, and it's consistent right you like can you go back develop to a relationship one. with the characters right. it's uh something mm -hmm. and uh we just finished watching Handmaid's Tale too. Ooh, I heard I heard good things about that. Fucking epic. Like sci-fi kind of uh, treatment of the or is it it's a dystopian, dystopian future, future yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. But it's uh very, very well well made. I, I was kind of apprehensive about that show. I heard a lot of good things about it, but I was like I thought like it would make me feel horrible about being a man or something. I got like vibes off of it where it's like the worst of mankind. It is. It totally is. And then you're like, you feel awful. And then, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to take that. It's the same way, the same reluctance I have is watching a documentary that's probably really riveting and, and deep about like marine animals. Hmm. Uh, but then I don't, can't deal with the fact that we're probably murdering them with our pollution and they're being harpooned and shit like that. Like I, you're right. like, you're like, you want that info, but you're not emotionally able to take it. So, mm. but you're saying it's, it's worth it. Oh, totally worth it. Yeah. 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 Definitely look into that. Okay. So that, would that be your biggest picks or biggest discoveries? No, that's just kind of what I'm into right now. That's, okay. that's what I just, that's what's kind of fresh. Walking Dead. Are you still, are you still watching that? Um, I'm up to date. They're, they're still on, uh, on break right now. Okay. I think they're coming back soon, but, uh, yeah, I still I still watch it. I'm not a, as into it as I was before, but still has an appeal. Yeah, well, I'm a sucker for the zombie stuff. You know? Of course, yeah, yeah. You're a you're a tried, tested, and true hardcore zombie fan. So. I'll I'll keep watching it to the end. Yeah, and it's that's cool. no matter what happens I'm, if it ends. One if day, it ends, yeah, exactly. One day. If Ironically, it ends or I end, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you may you, that may come before, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, there was, of course, all the denouement, if you will, of the Marvel Netflix uh, experiment that mm -hmm. didn't go really well, uh, as far as I could see, critically speaking. Although, you know, Daredevil came off really strong. Season two was a little uh, weaker, but still very, very deep and very watchable. Right. Jessica Jones, I have mixed feelings about, but was certainly not a crappy show. I didn't make it to the end of that one. I just didn't feel like, it was for me. Right. Like it didn't, it, you know, and it, but it wasn't one of those like, I didn't, it wasn't for me, but I didn't feel like it, it missed the mark. I just felt like I was not the target audience. Yeah, I would agree with that. But it was but no, not that it shouldn't exist. Just, right. It was just not for me. Right. You know, um, Luke Cage again was almost not for me, but it was enough for me that I, I found it, I found it compelling to watch. I enjoyed Particularly it. Particularly the first half. Yeah, exactly. Although I had no problem with the second half. I have the reverse issue. I thought that the villain in the first half of Luke Cage was kind of compromised very early. Hmm. Therefore, they never presented any threat. And then second half uh, with Diamondback, I thought was much more compelling because he was a menacing, vicious fuck and had the 
the resources to to potentially kill you know this hero mm. that can't be harmed but i know a lot of people didn't really like the whole costume thing at the end right totally understandable but i think they did a bang up job iron fist obviously was uh my a vietnam pile of shit it was my vietnam really it really was because you love that character as brian posey would say for him the prequel it did what the prequels did to guys 10 old, 10 years older than us hmm like we felt the shittiness of the prequels, but I think guys five to ten years older than us were the actual like Kalima, <laughs> the real victims, the ones that felt it the hardest because <laughs> they would have just been about eight or nine. Oh yeah, when when Star Wars came out and it was that moment, that special sacred moment with their dad, their mom, whatever. Mm. They were old enough to remember, you know, love, and you know they weren't just like drooling into a sippy cup. <laughs> And the prequels destroyed their lives. Now, the Iron Fist had a... It, it, it took a tremendous blow. But I, re- I moved on. And um, Defenders, unfortunately, almost finished the job. I mean, it was by no means right. as shitty as Iron Fist. But I it's almost close. admit that the stink of Iron Fist kind of carried over to the Defenders. Right. Even though there were three other perfectly serviceable characters that could have carried the show somehow just the the stench the ooze of iron fists it, like defenders had maybe should have waited a year more right. to come before coming out because the 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 hurt was still there the crater and the character is still there well never mind the fact that it's some it was somehow kind of about him a little bit like a little too much a right? little too much and you're like really and this is after you guys realized that he was the worst character no because the the production was already done by then. Was it in the bag already? Oh, it had to be. Yeah, I guess because it, it came really... out pretty soon after. I I will never get over how horrible Iron Fist was, and I never want to. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about it. And I know that they'll open the never wound again. Never learn to love again. I'll never learn to love again. Um, and they'll probably do another season of it, or hopefully not. But anyway, yeah. I here I am. This is the most depressing situation to be in where i'm actually praying that there is no second season based on my favorite fucking marvel character of all time because mm. that's how badly they fucked the dog on that one right so then you know what did i have lo- like even though with my hurt feelings they announced punisher right you stoked did you did you get through it i got to episode i finished episode five Okay, so about halfway through, a little bit yeah. under halfway. Right. Okay, did you abandon ship, or it just didn't hold your attention? Um, no, I was watching with uh, with Bab, and oh. uh, shout out, shout out to Bab, and uh, yeah. So I think we'll probably end up watching the the rest together. But um, no, I mean I enjoyed the first five episodes. I mean, it was it was a good start. I'm not sure where they're going with it, but uh, I w- I also wasn't like a huge fan like you are, right? You know, I mean, I watched all the movies, but I wasn't into the comics and stuff. Well, you know, it's interesting because and made me realize that I was never really that big of a Punisher fan before I made the f- before I worked on directed the the fan film with uh, the Beichu and the you know the fight. Mm. Fight crew and all those guys. Shout out to Nuyen, Beichu, uh, Goldfarb, uh, LeBlanc, uh, all you all you beautiful people. Christina San, obviously, uh, Vicky. 
um, uh, G, who was, of course, where I made basically Jim all Carl. of our former guests, a lot of our former guests. <laughs> but um, I was never obsessed with the character, but I learned to really get be, get into the meat of the matter when we did the short film, and then mm. rereading all the the best of Punisher at the time to do research. And didn't you run into the the guy who who played Punisher? Uh, 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 Amber did. At, oh, okay. a, at an exp at a fan like a comic con type place yeah she grant she came across him while he was filming it uh, or and, and he'd watched the your your, yeah, your yeah. film he recognized her from the fan film oh, and, shit. John, and john bernthal was like hey i know you from somewhere and she's like really are you doing the i know you from somewhere. he's like no 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 really i've seen you somewhere recently and then he pieced it together and he's like oh yeah i watched your fan film while doing research for the show and of course, uh, if if you if we ever talk to Sean again, I, we were obviously texting back and forth during the show, as we were mm-hmm. watching uh, the Punisher episodes, and he's convinced that some of the things in the show are like directly inspired by our thing, whether they are or not. The fact that I know that they even you know looked at our stuff is immensely, uh, you know, it's just super. I mean, it's not even real in my head, hmm. but it also that the creator of Punisher actually. Uh, watched our movie and tweeted about it like that was fucking great so what i'm saying is my love affair with that really began at that point wow but i realized the other day that prior to that i always liked punisher and yeah he was badass but it wasn't like one of those characters where like if they get him wrong one more time Hmm. i'm gonna burn everything i was disappointed that they'd fucked the dog on all the iterations i'd seen in the theaters before right what i was hoping here is I think I'd seen enough Netflix Marvel by this point when they announced Punisher that I knew a couple of things. I knew that the casting of Bernthal was going to be controversial. Mm-hmm. Some people are just never going to accept him as Punisher. I was okay with him being Punisher. I knew that because it was a Netflix show, it has a limited budget. While it has a budget that would obviously dwarf any show like regular regular show that's released on a, especially on an internet platform i knew that they have a limited platform a limited budget but they also have to deliver a season that can be binged that's mm. in the same amount of episodes as the other netflix shows sure and so i knew they were not gonna i had a feeling that there was going to be a little bit of filler because that that's 10 that's if there's anything to that i can criticize Netflix, uh, Marvel 4 is obviously they had to stretch out certain parts a little bit and have a little filler here and there, right? Right. Um, and without spoiling a single thing about Punisher, I would say that here the filler stuff felt more criminal to, you know, no, no pun, uh, pun intended, I guess. Pun intended. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah. So... The filler in this show, I mean, Iron Fist wasn't, it wasn't insulting because the entire show was filler and not even good filler. It was garbage from beginning to end. There wasn't even a moment of glimmer of hope in that show. But Punisher, I feel where it possibly let down the fans and let me down is that there were just some very easy ways of filling some of that time. And I felt that it went on these tangents and stayed there too long. And they forgot. I, I almost feel like in the 
interest of wanting to make it a complex show because Daredevil casts this like wide shadow over all the Netflix shows, right? Where they have to give you depth, complex villains, um, get into the meat of these characters. I think here it hurt the show because what people want to see from Punisher is little, little glimpses, little glimpses of introspection or perhaps even these little windows into his mind, but mostly it shuts the door in your face, like those introspective moments, right? Just mm. when you're like, oh, I'm about to understand something about this character, it's supposed to slam the door right in your face and remind you, but this guy is a killing machine of like, he's a bad guy killer. Right. And he's not, he cannot be reasoned with. Yes, he gets hurt. Yes, he's human in some ways. But in other ways, he's completely terrifying and inhuman because of his single-minded devotion. And at the best of times, the show lets Bernthal go there. I feel like his devotion was 150%. Mm -hmm. But at, at the worst of times, it seeks to develop this sort of relatability to Punisher, which hurts the character. Right. They tried to humanize him a bit. Too much. Yeah. And, you know, the rest, I mean, you can pick apart or... You know, you can say, yeah, there should have been more action. There should have been more of this. There should have been more of that. I felt it was inconsistent with his appearance in Daredevil. Clearly, yeah. In Daredevil, he seemed like he was, like, brain damaged. Right. Right. And that was, like, the the excuse for his single-mindedness? Uh -huh. Was it, like, he was he had a bullet PTSD. in his skull or whatever? Yeah, like, broken somehow. Right. And there just seems to be a lack of continuity with the Punisher you see in the actual Punisher. Right. And that's going to happen, right? Because when a show and a character on a show gets a spinoff, mm. there's going to be a handoff from the person who introduced them, but really now it's someone else's baby. Right. So something's going to get lost in the in the transfer. I also feel like in all of the in all of the Marvel uh, shows, I don't understand the female relate like love interest. Okay. Like, I don't understand why she cares at all. Who are talking about Karen now? In, all in Daredevil? of them. Every single one. Okay. Like, so... Like, why they're... Why they have this, like, instant, intimate relationship based off of nothing. It seems like they just... Just because. They don't... They don't... They don't sell the relationships very well. Right. Yeah, it's true. There is a little bit of lack of chemistry. Why would the... That reporter girl have any Karen Page I guess so right the blonde yeah okay from Daredevil okay aside from the fact that he saved her life or now something? we're talking about Karen Page and Punisher yeah right why Why would there be any sort of weird why would there be any kind of connection why is she in love with him yeah and like let's say she feels for him or whatever and develops some sort of pity like that's not something Frank Castle would return Right. If anything, he would go out of his way to scare you away if you tried to get close to him. Right. Because he doesn't want you to be. He can. He's not collecting any, you know, potential weaknesses. Right. And the whole that the therein lies the whole interesting part of Punisher as a character is that he kind of works as a brilliant, a brilliant like uh, twist on all of the things that you're usually wanting from a show. Hmm. Right, so the same way that Game of Thrones uh, or Battlestar had this sort of ingenuity of going like against the grain, 
And we're like, no, we're not going to give you totally dependable storylines where you can enjoy these characters for age. No, they could go anytime. Anytime right. they could be turn out to be traitors or they could Silence get, the, or dead get or... a rock in the face and their, sca- their skull caved in after three seasons with no warning. Hmm. It's, you know, and that, that's what made, like, made our blood rush again. Here you had right. an opportunity, I think, and of course it's easy to criticize, right? Of course. Uh, the way I would have done it, but... That's that, what we're here for. That being said, I feel like with Punisher, there was an opportunity. The big fuck up with Iron Fist, apart from having ignored everything that was cool about him, was that nobody knows his character. Right. So sticking to the source material was, first of all, very important. But the things that they could have altered was everything else. Kind of the same thing that they did with Iron Man. Iron Man always had a shitty, non, non-consistent, never clear, kind of weird topical 60s, 70s origin. Mm-hmm. They just revamped all of that, but they kept the thing that was cool about him, which was basically a guy wearing a sports car right. that could fire beams, <laughs> which it, w- it was totally, the timing was right mm. with the SpaceX Tesla fucking Musk and thing. And a bit of a douche. And a bit of a, a bit douche. Of a, bit of a womanizer. Bit bit of of a, a, yeah, exactly. Bit of a, uh, uh, and a bit of um, a relic. Right. From, yeah. Right? Because yeah. that behavior is totally not cool anymore. Exactly. But Danny, Danny Jr. is the he guy pull, that can sell it, it to you. Yeah. Right? So with Punisher, I feel like you had an opportunity to go to constantly tease this arc. Hmm. And like, oh my God. And they did that in the comics really well. Like at some point, um, Punisher meets this woman who's been so traumatized in her life that she survived breast cancer. And like literally she had no breasts left. Like there was only scars. She had been wronged by in horrible ways and had kind of organically turned into a, a kind of a female Punisher. But instead of punishing everybody, she was just settling the score with the people in her life that had horribly mistreated her. Mm. And at some point they cross paths. And even though Punisher is like in no ways open to any sort of romance, they kind of fall into each other's arms one night and have almost like just lean on each other for one night. And yeah, they're having sex, but they're it's, it's mostly about just punishment. <laughs> they punish each other. <laughs> it's about two people who like finally meet another person to whom they don't have to explain anything. Right. Because they just kind of looked at each other and they both knew Punisher saw in her a, a, a sliver of the madness that he has. Hmm. And she finally saw a guy that would understand her. So they have this moment. And then there's this really great moment where they're lying in bed together. And you're expecting this sweet moment of like, oh, has has the you know someone finally melted the ice the pillow talk right but no there there is no getting to frank castle there's no you there's no un you know dethawing him hmm. he's like a well-programmed fucking timepiece he goes well, the idea is that that part doesn't exist yeah and that that's where the tragedy is right where because people keep thinking like oh my god i can reach him and in this way, hilariously enough, is what the Dolph Lundgren movie got right that none yeah, of the yeah. other Punisher ever managed to touch is someone is trying to save him right. that knew him before he went nuts. But Frank Castle's dead. But he's gone and he can't be bargained with anymore. 
and that there there is only Zool. There's only Zool. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think um, maybe that's maybe a message that is not contemporary anymore. Maybe that's not something they can Netflix brain trust right now is like that's not a message for now. Maybe relatability is what's the big concern right now, and 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 making these characters lovable. But in the end, I felt like they ended up saying nothing about Frank. Right. You don't really know what's going on, even though you've seen the whole story. Yeah. So yeah, I've I been watching. They, 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 <laughs> Sorry, they, I went off on a tangent there. It had to be. He's like a murderous android, in human form. Yeah, but it'll occasionally like rub a kid's head and give him and try to steer him straight, which is like no, that's not would not be Frank Castle at all. Hmm. He he wouldn't even want to go anywhere near another child, or anything to remind him of his own family that's gone. Yeah, they tried to make him into a hero, right? But he's sort of an anti-hero. He's a monster. Yeah, it's just that he happens to eat bad people, like Dexter. Uh, I would say the reverse, <laughs> right? That Dexter is kind of a punisher, but that—that's what I'm saying. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's that model. Where serial killer that kills serial killers. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So, although they tried, I mean, they fucked up Dexter in a whole bunch of different ways. So, yeah. Let's not go there. Let's not go there again. So, um, you know, that was I. I gave it a seven on ten, and I angered some people that I know hmm. who thought I should be much harsher on the show. But maybe it's also a fact that I've started to understand the Netflix potential and how far they can go, and I didn't expect miracles from the show. Yeah, they're definitely going for like universal appeal. Right. I mean, I mean, I applaud them even for trying to adapt fucking Punisher. That's, sure. That's ballsy. Yeah. And they have to do a bunch of stuff as a business that, you know, may not make sense for us, may not right. be for us. I mean, look at all the Adam Sandler movies that are coming up. That that's like no one that's is asking not for, for us. Nobody's fucking asked for these, but for, they're making them, and for, there seems to be some logic behind it. Well, the logic is the international stage. The metrics, okay. Right. So, right. like now that they're more and more present on in, internationally. People find Adam still find Adam Sandler funny. Right. They like, don't know like, he's declined into a, a horrible parody of himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like it's definitely not for us. Right. It's definitely not for North America. Well, maybe some North. No, American but I audiences. understand what you mean. It's truly getting globalized. Yeah. 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 And that's why, like, just like um, like movies in general are being like the. Is China like a bigger market now than it is US? officially? Yeah. Yeah, I think we just crossed over that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and then like you'll see one new American movie appear and 10 uh, Punjabi action films suddenly pop up on Netflix. I don't think that's an accident. And even like different versions that you see in in China versus right. US. I mean, we've been used to Western culture being the biggest consumer of media and we've benefited from that, but that's no longer the case. Yeah, the shit's turning. Yeah. Yeah, we're no longer... Yeah, like Spanish programming, um, black programming, Chinese programming. These are very quickly overtaking the concerns and the and the aesthetics. Yeah, and that and that's fine. You just need need to know which which ones are for your demographic, I guess. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting. Um, uh, so yeah, I guess maybe the other show I wanted to quickly mention that I started watching was Altered Carbon. Which oh, I haven't started that one. I was avoiding for a while because it looked too juicy hmm. and I was afraid to fall in. And But at some point I just said like, okay, this is fucking ridiculous. This is my shit. Sci-fi, dystopian, like I cannot not watch the show. Right. And uh, I'd have to say 
it is really, really fun to watch, even though it's a bit difficult to nail down the tone or the, the where it's going mm. because it's just doing so much in every episode. Right. There's so much going on and clearly it is massively derivative. Right. Right. Every element of it you've seen before in some form, hmm. but it somehow doesn't distract uh, detract from its appeal because hmm. they still like, you're like, Oh, I, I remember this concept. It almost feels like somebody turned their role-playing game sessions into a show. Interesting. Where Well, I mean, I guess it kind of has a familiarity to it. In that sense, right. Right. Well, the cast is good. You don't have to reintroduce the uh, each concept. Like it's familiar. You, you can join. Like yeah. an old shoe. You're like in the, <laughs> in the year 25, whatever. You're like, okay, I know what this means. There's going right. to be some weird tech. There's going to be people... They stole my memories. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Put him in the tank. Yeah. Br- mm. Grow another one. <laughs> right? Um, right. He's an android. Like, all that stuff. Right. It's sci-fi porn to the max. Okay. So, you're going to get all the goodies. But what I'll give it is it introduces... Um, it gives you a mechanic in it that is similar to um, Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Where that little sci-fi gimmick actually opens up wor- uh, uh, a sort of whole realm of possibilities that make the make the twists and turns really interesting. Hmm. Uh, so, and, and that fact is just that the, the relationship between the bodies and the minds has become very commonplace and trivial. And suddenly our bodies are not as sacred as they were before. It's all only about our minds and how they're stored into this kind of chip. Mm. And without giving it away any other detail about it, all, suddenly that when they start playing with that, it becomes really interesting. Mm. Right? Where a character might be killed off but you realize that he has a double somewhere and that's not like a big reveal anymore. Anybody with enough money can do that. Oh, I see. Okay. And now it's like, if you don't destroy his essence, then you can never truly kill somebody. Hmm. Ghost in the machine. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or the idea that bodies are like clothes. So rich people have good ones. Poor people have to take whatever is given. Hmm. That's a really funny gimmicky sci-fi thing. But then when you see it applied, as a common thread in the storyline, you're like, oh shit, this has implications. Mm. And they can really, and then sometimes you have to go like, oh right, you have to keep in mind certain things they introduce because then you have to kind of um, keep track of all of these technological things and realize, okay, oh wow, okay, this just made like a regular murder really interesting now. Mm. Uh, Or if there's a betrayal or a jealousy thing, now there's twist, twists to it because of this technology. So from that end, it becomes really, really interesting and watchable. Hmm. I'll check it out. Yeah, I would recommend it. It's on the list. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really easy to jump in like, and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well shot. It looks like it's expensive as fuck hmm. to produce. So Netflix, I think, really put some steam behind it. Um, yeah. Yeah, they seem to be like just packing all this, as you said, sci-fi porn like that uh what's that player one movie that's coming out Welcome oh yeah player one or something 
Welcome Player Just, One. Is that yeah, his something like that? I I, I want to call it like Spielberg's last ditch desperate attempt to it's relate like to gamer the gamer porn, like like. Yeah, but it looks like it's it's using all the right imagery, right. but it's horribly out of touch. Yeah, it's just Spielberg trying to please young people at all costs <laughs> because he hasn't been able to make well, anything relevant. Young people and also like retro gamers, right? right? Like he's, he's, it's just, I feel literally feel like it's his last scream mm. in the night trying to recapture some of his, because he has literally been living off of fumes <laughs> for a while now, creatively but uh anyways we shouldn't give that any more of our attention absolutely but uh yeah we shouldn't make nadim wait any longer for our last jedi review all right so let's do this you know let's give him the brief version so we went to see last jedi yes we did um after force awakens and rogue one i think we're our, our, our expectations were sort of adjusted right and there was drama yeah there was yeah. There no. was actually feels. No, like we got kicked out of the theater. Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay, so real quick, did you want to tell the story? Yeah, well, we got like, what, half an hour into the movie. And then there was an alarm that went off. And the alarm went off like at the right part in the movie. So we thought that it was part of the movie until it became evident that it was not part of the movie. Because well, the alarm goes off almost like it would sync with the alarm on uh, ship alarm on yeah. the actual in the movie exactly as they're under attack it's like okay this is the time for an alarm but then they cut to another scene and the alarm's still going off and so and then and then the alarm goes off i'm like okay maybe everything's cool like false alarm or something and then somebody comes into the theater and starts yelling at us that we need to get the fuck out so everyone just starts leaving the theater and we walk out and there's just water just pouring from the ceiling and the whole place is flooded. Yeah, and to put this in context, if you're not from Montreal, like this is the prime cinema in our town. Right. The biggest, <laughs> biggest corporate mega cinema we have. We're, we're on the second floor and there's like a waterfall coming from the ceiling. Yeah, the, the, the ceiling is just bursting open and it's like, it's it was a cold night too, right? Yeah, I think that's what happened. Like there's a pipe that froze or something. So we ended up leaving bewildered, right? Like exit, like everyone's just like, get the fuck out of the building. Feeling really bad for parents that had brought their kids and had made all these arrangements to bring. And it was cold. Like it was brutally cold. It was freeze your face off cold outside. And there's just people wandering around with their like full two liter Pepsis. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And then nachos. And they just don't know what to do. They just like dropped 50 bucks on nachos yeah there was a i remember the guy with the tray like he had literally had bitten into one nacho yeah. the the dip the dip compartments were full yeah and suddenly he was like shoved out the door with his big gulp and his uh 20 nachos it's like a a scene from like a war movie or something like once the <laughs> like the bomb went off and like everything's going in slow-mo <laughs> yeah. there's a guy who's trying to wave but he has no arms yeah and someone's trying to tell him he has no arms but they're deaf but my nachos what should i how do i not yeah yeah yeah. no it was very weird and then we ended up going back to your place and then you booked another fucking show and we're like fuck this like we 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 need to finish this tonight so yeah we got some more tickets and we went back and this time we got stuck with the 3d but whatever you got refunded for the initial show right i i haven't gone back to get my money back (laughs) 
but yeah so i we, still have the receipt though so the, the I'm coming for you cineplex <laughs> motherfuckers <laughs> here's this here's the uh, another layer of jokes uh, on this whole event is that we were celebrating at the initial showing where we went to before it the before the ceilings opened and gushed water um we were celebrating the fact that we'd managed to get into a uh, IMAX showing of Last Jedi without any motherfucking cocksucking 3D glasses. Oh, yeah. It was so sweet. Which I, I, I have grown really to loathe to a point that I cannot fully express, which I hate those motherfucking 3Ds. Dude. And we're like, holy shit, dude, we're in the in the IMAX, and it's it's just with our eyes and the movie, and we're all happy. And of course, it's just our eyes. And and of course, the cinema collapses on itself, right? Because we we were set up, and of course, the showing that we managed to catch to finish the film had goddamn glasses. Yep. And a homeless guy trying to start a fight right at the beginning which where i thought we we're gonna get sabotaged again but luckily the two five foot three security guys were able to wrestle uh the homeless dude out the universe tried to stop us from watching this film but right and we then we showed it we showed it and then we got all three glorious hours of ambivalent star wars Jesus, that movie was long <laughs> it was a pretty long movie yeah all right let, let's let's stop fucking around here all right let's do it what did you think of it? Nadim's getting impatient. Yeah, yeah. Nadim's <laughs> gonna get for Nadim. <laughs> so, so, um, I think, I think Red Letter Media did a great job of 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 doing the review. You know, the movie in it in of itself. So I have some problems with the movie in of itself, but in general, the major failing for me which may not be the case for newer audiences is that after at the end of this movie i don't look forward to the next i think yeah it officially wasn't like like you severed the the ties so i just don't care right i mean i'm gonna see the next one but, but officially it's no longer a hype moment right it's not it, like in the last one, I was like, oh, damn, I can't wait till the next one. Mark Hamill, holy right. shit. Yeah, you know, there's something to look forward to. And this one, it's like, I mean, maybe there's something that they're going to establish down the road that will make me look forward to the next oh, one. Oh, they'll get our money. They always do. I'm going to go see it one way, like, or the, one way or the other. There was a trailer or the, the poster for like the solo movie, and I was like, fuck the soul, fuck your motherfucking solo movie. Then someone sent me the the teaser trailer. I was like, I'm going to see the fucking solo. Of course, we're going to go see it. We're such they have us by the balls, man. Of course, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not invested. Like I don't really look forward to what happens next in the saga. Right. Like they've exhausted a bit. They've closed off all of the storylines that I care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely agree with you, and maybe to a certain point, not accidentally. Right. Right, you know, kind of in keeping with the whole like it's not for me, kind right. of thing, which is fine. I also saw another thing which makes a lot of sense, which is the whole like warp ramming thing, where they're like the ramming speed, uh, the ramming speed gimmick, thing, which kind of like renders essentially the entire Star Wars saga to be futile. The whole saga. Well, because if they could just warp ram everything, 
Why didn't they, why didn't they just why go full kamikaze on the empire? Why didn't they just do that every turn? Right. Right. Oh, there's a shield generator on the planet. Okay. Warp, just warp ram it. it. Oh, there's a star destroyer. Uh, warp ram it. Warm ra- warp ram it, you know? Right. Like it, it, it just. It's one of those additions that hurt maybe the credibility, quote unquote, of that universe. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, I didn't see such a f- wide-ranging um, damage to that gimmick, but certainly, yes. It it gets... It, it does... At, at the very least, it defeated a lot of the film's running time. And it also just made it so that, like, everybody who's in all of the previous Star Wars are idiots. Right. <laughs> for not and, just immediately going for that. First of all, yeah. And also, <laughs> did it feel like a bit of a Battlestar Galactica rip to you? A little bit. When you really think about it? Yeah. And they they pulled... It was very Battlestar Galactica. It was, yeah. That, they're that, on the run constantly. The fuel's the, running out. The hopelessness, yeah. And then there's... Uh, they have to sneak someone on board to disable the enemy ship. And then they have to pull the whole like... Uh, no one will see the little ships. Hmm. They'll they'll you know they'll f- and one by one the ships are getting chewed up. Right. I yeah, saw I saw a lot of parallels so. there. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Okay. The um. The like forest ghost thing. Oh, the Yoda moment. Did that? Did that really? Did that upset you? No, not necessarily. It 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 just seemed a little bit off. And the fact that, uh, you know, it was a projection the whole time with, uh, at the end. That it was a projection. Oh, that, that Luke was. Luke was like. Projecting himself to the. That was a bit odd, wasn't it? Right. And he showed up and he looked younger or more died. I know he looked, he like, he looked more, yeah, and died, (laughs) but nobody, um, and Noticed? he brought the fuzzy, like the dice, the fuzzy dice thing, and then that disappeared afterwards. Right. I don't know. There was just some. It was. It was. It was odd. It was very strange. And that he died anyways, like he died from the effort. Which means then, why did he project himself? Why didn't he just show up? Why? Didn't, yeah. Why didn't he just show or up? Or because he knew he he couldn't take Kylo Ren in his present state. Right. And how can you die of effort? Yeah. It it had shades of like. The prequels where Padme dies from heartbreak while yeah. giving birth to Luke and Leia. Yeah, it felt like that he just died because they wanted him to die. That because <laughs> Mark Hamill wants to die. <laughs> as far as Mark Hamill hates your script. So, okay, if I may segue from that to sure. one yeah. of my grand, great sort of assessment of the movie, Do it. there was to me one thing that bothered me from the beginning. Uh, as excited as I wanted to get about this film, the idea of Last Jedi, the whole thing, and that's that. The same, I had the same feeling uh, in the. I'd complimented Force Awakens for possibly on purpose or not doing this meta thing, where the new characters they were introducing were kind of like the fans who held the original. Uh, people in awe right right so i felt that parallel in last jedi as well where we're getting the story of of luke who doesn't want anything to do with the world that he helped shape uh and a hilarious parallel with 
Mark Hamill's very overt disdain for what they've done to the character and the Star Wars world and him like openly shitting on it at conventions. Oh yeah, there's a whole like supercut. Exactly. Of him just like going like I don't agree with what they did, but I'm just a fucking actor, so I'll take the you know, I'll I'll I know this I'll is not job. this is not the swan song I wanted, but it's the only one I'm gonna get, so I'm gonna participate and hope for the best. But like it was there was a kind of weird cloud for me over it. Hmm. Because even though the most compelling parts for me in Last Jedi were those moments where Ray's trying to really get Luke to listen to him and he has these amazing fucking dark moments where he's like don't you understand this whole thing is a fucking joke almost like the comedian in watchmen Mm. don't you understand this whole like dark against light it's all a farce right all we end up doing is giving birth to this cycle again that ends in destruction and countless lives and for what for what? For a disagreement over what to do with these this weird mystical power? Like, no, I'm staying in my fucking island, you know, eating weird fish and milking aliens at the <laughs> mi- milking boobied like weird creatures. That was so weird. The milking oh, yeah. that was such a bizarre scene. I think it was meant to be funny, but it just was so odd Very and odd. just uncomfortable. Really, I did not like it. Um, so there was that that sort of stench over the whole thing for me that I had a hard time at, at once. I'm like, this, this is the direction the entire movie should have been. Did you should have stayed with, with uh, Luke and Ray longer hmm. and have her challenge him on his sort of jadedness and then really sell me on Luke changing his mind, either because his sister needed him again or he finds out that uh, Han is dead and now he cannot deal with the guilt of of having lost Kylo Ren as a student. Yeah, what what caused him to turn around? Well, nothing. What caused Luke to give up? To change his mind. Well, he feels that he failed and he lost Kylo Ren to the dark side and that he had he no, never but why did he change his mind after telling after telling Ray, Ray to go like, fuck herself? Yeah. It's like how um, does he get back in the fight? See, I know there probably is a throwaway line somewhere where they, they give you a reason, but I certainly not one I can remember. Mm. I'm sure someone's screaming at this podcast right now going like, you fucking moobs, it was because... No, but clearly it was not... I was not sold on it. And right. none of what... We just... And we didn't care, really. We just wanted him back in the fight, right? <laughs> exactly. But if it had been a little bit more of a psychological game and then mm. in parallel to their... In, in, in parallel to her trying to bring him back into the fight, you would have the actual fight getting more and more desperate, which they were shades of, but again, mm. it fell into the Battlestar clone and a completely useless side plot with fucking Finn and uh, the engineer girl, which was just pure like for toy making purposes. Right to have some silly moments and have this whole that like, part felt like the prequels oh yeah major prequel especially once they stampede through the casino yeah. it would it stunk it stunk really badly of the prequels big I, time i think probably if we look if i actually bought it to read reviews a lot of people would have a similar observation and hmm. uh, never mind the fact that their entire side mission was invalidated within the story which I never understand how that happens, how you can shoot yourself in the foot within the scope of the same film and and then air it 
Hmm. Not reshoot it or not figure out some way around it. But again, it seemed like this was the work of a team of supremely talented writers, but all kind of trying to fit in these set pieces. And in the end, they ended up disqualifying and um, invalidating each other. Right? Um, no. I, I mean, you might be right. But from what I heard, and I, I could be completely wrong, but like what I heard from the red letter media stuff was that the uh the force awakens was done more by committee and what they had hoped for was that this would be done by more a more one. personal film okay and apparently uh the director from this one kind of did did his own thing okay so this was his his approach but in somehow it seemed like the opposite it seemed less together right okay yeah. so i was but, wrong about i that. mean I, I could be wrong too whatever the case i mean at the end of but the day, I, I definitely understand the the feeling of it having been written by a committee because it seems like multiple personality disorder. Right. ADD a little bit. Yeah. Like it was trying to do everything. Yeah, I'd, I'd kind of assume that it was like an attempt at diversity. Definitely. Right? Because, right. The, you know, two uh, visibly minority characters get their own storyline. Right, but it en- ends up being ultimately futile, which sort of defeats the purpose. And it's it's more insulting. I than, find so, yeah. Right, just personally. like, just like um, all the all all the people in charge were women in this movie, with almost no exception. Right, which as a concept I have no problem with whatsoever. But when it's contrived and done in that kind of overt, really pandering kind of way, it mm-hmm. ends up actually being more offensive. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I Laura see, Dern was super distracting. Yeah, that, I I didn't really see that with her stupid hair and her stupid like she was really distracting and really jammed in there. Mm. You know, yeah. like Leia was not f- f- was not girl power enough, or maybe she wasn't youthful enough to to satisfy mm-hmm. uh, a female presence. Okay, Ray, who's amazing, great actress, whatever, that wasn't enough. It was like really like they triple double down and end up making it almost silly where every time you see the rebels like scrambling, there's like what looks to be a 22 year old girl like yelling orders at like grown men and and chastising them and and telling them to shut the fuck up and load up the ships. And I'm like, what is this? This sounds like a man trying to be feminist rather than somebody going, let's get some solid female characters in here. Let's make this more even the playing field a bit. Get some get some minorities in there. Get some, hmm. you know, change a little bit the uniformity of things. Right here was like, this was some fucking armchair philosophy uh, contrived, uh, misguided feminism through the eyes of a dude. Yeah, maybe. Right. I mean, you can certainly see like there was like. Um if you look at it through like a PC lens, like you can certainly see the, the, the boxes that were checked. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But, and all the men were either grumpy assholes, uh, dark side cackling villains or ineffectual morons that had to be constantly like punished. Right. Not, you know, not to start like making this into conspiracy theory. I'm just saying like that was, by trying to make things more equal, hmm. 
in a clumsy way and not in a in an honest way not in an earnest well-written way it, it does a disservice to what it was trying to achieve exactly yeah exactly yeah i could see that like it's not enough to just change like all right let's put 70 percent of the characters be female especially the command ones so like that in itself is a really sort of heinous almost uh it's kind of a this it's kind of a gross as a decision but if you told me, you know what, no, the admiral or the commanders are happen to be women, in the, but you, 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 you sell me on the fact that they are, you know, if not as effective, then more effective and more fucking badass or just as badass as some of the men, you know? Mm-hmm. And you want to give me some dumb males, give me, some, you know, I know now I'm starting, starting to sound like I'm, you know, one of those like Return of Kings dudes that's complaining about the plight of men, but that's not what I'm saying here. I'm just saying it's right. like... No, I don't think you're saying that. I think we agree that when somebody who is not smart tries to make an intelligent sort of influence intelligently socially through through art, it's kind of hard to watch. Yeah, I could I could agree with that. Right? And, and if, you're, if you're trying to do it through tokenism, I, I think that's... Or just checking the boxes, like you say. Like right. I think you're ultimately doing a disservice, right? Like you'd want to see sort of an equally competent, uh, diverse yeah. cast, as opposed to like ticking boxes or making sure that the count is right. Or, right. You know. Yeah, I, it, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's. I I, I think there's also like a bit of a. I think there's there's still like a challenge about writing like really strong female characters in in Hollywood in general, you know. It's um like they have to be perfect. Right. Right. Especially now, yeah. Right? Like there's a this kind of like a script that you have to right. uh, follow by, like a playbook that you need to follow by. But this is only but happening like, in at the at the at the mainstream level. Right. But all the characters that we really love regardless of gender, regardless of race they're the one we love them for their flaws right like when we get true parody let's say we'll be comfortable enough to write strong characters regardless of gender regardless of race that don't have to be flawless right then we can actually have characters that we love and care about yeah 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 what's also frustrating for me as a as a as a person who's been to film school and um has studied film from has had the opportunity to study film from all eras you know from the beginning of cinema Mm -hmm. and kind of go through the ages and the periods and even internationally and stuff like that a lot of these male female things have been overcome the only real problem was not that there weren't any good female characters it's just that there weren't enough of them there weren't enough films that uh featured or that that spoke about strong female or strong ethnic characters or whatever. Hmm. But the characters in the films have been around for a long time that have resolved and have shown the potential of writing good characters versus good Chinese, good this, good that, right? Right. And then suddenly it's weird. It's like suddenly we went, we're going through dark ages now. We're like, we are featuring our first female rebel commander. And you're like, what? The original Star Wars like like mon mothra or what's whatever her name is mon something the the tall short-haired woman with the white dress mm-hmm. with the staff yeah she's like if not this leading person she's like the supreme commander of the of the rebellion right and 
uh, and, and Leia and everything. And we're like, we overcame this shit like 30 years ago. <laughs> Why is everyone patting themselves on the back for having strong female leads in 2018? This is ridiculous. Right. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? Hmm. We're, uh, we made a, this character black. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, this has been overcome as well. Like, did you guys like just forget the last 30 years of cinema? Yeah, we've been cool with that for 30 years. Yeah. It's just like now you're on this weird mission to show that you're showing rather than showing, mm. right? Yeah. Rather than accomplishing this kind of positive change, you're just exercising this kind of like, again, identity politics. Yeah. Yeah. So grandstanding. So all this to say is um, I enjoyed Last Jedi for what it was, but it did feel like to me like a goodbye mm-hmm. to whatever... At this point, no Star Wars movie can come out that I think I can blame for not being true to the original anymore. I've let go. Well, the original, like the, all the legacy stuff is sort of done. Yeah. Right. This was the transition, right? Like they Supposedly. But they're, I feel like they're going to keep going back and milking the nostalgia factor to get the old people that are oh, like us that yeah. are disconnecting. Yeah, certainly. They're going to keep milking that shit. Of course. They'll never let us go. They keep telling us it's a new chapter. Right. But we'll make sure <laughs> fucking Chewie's in the back there. Never, who never dies. Right. Undead He's Chewie. Immortal. Immortal Chewie in the back. Mm-hmm. And then... C-3PO, R2-D2. If they can't shove that uh, in our asses, then they'll make sure the sound effects are there to like Pavlov style. Like, Japan. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> like they'll use all the sounds to get us excited right. again. Honestly... One thing, I, I don't know about you, but just sort of to wrap this up. Mm. One thing I couldn't help feeling at the end of Last Jedi was, what what can they do at this point? Well, they have to start new storylines. But what the fuck can they do at this point? The galaxy's been in peril a dozen times. Right. The big evil machine has been blown up a dozen times. Mm-hmm. They've had this super evil emperor take over the galaxy, and that that rule be broken at this point what unless they really go back and scale down and started making it about these individual stories what possible great scheme is left to 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 explore in star wars at this point well one of the big theories for going into this movie was that they were going to go into like the gray jedi stuff okay so that there would be more of these people like these well like uh going to like because the light and the dark have failed on, only understand like a small percentage of the force but there are like other force users out in the outer rim you know that understand it way way more and that there's uh like in a lot of the stuff that's no longer canon like they uh, i think they'd they explore that explored the the gray which is somewhere between the light and the dark right. and that the light is bullshit the dark is bullshit but like you the know. balance is where the real balance between the two is where you unlock the full potential of the right. force. Right. Okay. Right. Like where it's not like the, you know, the light Jedi heal and the dark Jedi use the electricity, electricity yeah. bolts and stuff. But like that, it comes down more to the individual than than to the group identity. Right. And well, that, that sounds interesting, but I, I I just don't know how you build any. I mean, the the black and white of the light versus the dark is what made the Star Wars storyline compelling. If we have these like anything goes type of weirdo force users, hmm. 
I could see it as a series possibly existing in the Star Wars universe, but as standalone films that are part of this never-ending sequel or Rama, right? I honestly can't really wrap my brain around what could they possibly present as a next Star Wars movie that I could possibly care about. Well, I might eat my words. I might live to eat my words. Well, I guess they're kind of doing the mirror image of the original series, right? So this was our Empire Strikes Back. This was our Empire Strikes Back. So this will be like the return of the Sith. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Because they're doing it all kind of mirror image of each other. That that incidentally reminds me of one of the most heinous parts of Last Jedi with the the trooper tasting the ground and going, Oh, it's salt. When it when it basically how they they ended the movie with like a hoth battle. <laughs> and then they have this weird little scene with the guy tasting it to say it's not snow, it's salt or whatever. Right. <laughs> And I was at that point. I was like, "Okay, these guys are just fucking laughing at us at this point. Right. They know we're <laughs> drooling monkeys that'll just line up and eat whatever slop they dump into our pens." <laughs> and that's the exact image, by the way. We are pigs in our own poop, and whatever comes over that fence, we will gorge ourselves on because it has the Star Wars stamp on it. You know, a pig in a cage. <laughs> On antibiotics. Feeding feeding on its own feces. This is a Star Wars. I am Werner Herzog. (laughs) And the humanity is no longer important at this stage. It's about the suffering. (laughs) Now you shall discover what you truly love about Star Wars. Now that you have learned pain, like nature, like the the cuckoo bird... (laughs) You will learn that you have no home. You never had one. You had to steal it, you see. This is the truth of Star Wars. And my accent is falling apart because it's very late. At this point, it's it's not tenable. Um, it is certainly becoming an endurance test. Right. And I feel like I'm this is the part where I run out of the... I'm out of steam. Well, we're going to watch it. Sure. But with certainly less stakes, I feel. Sure. Yeah. It's up to them in order to build a storyline that people care about and i'm not even sure if the newer audiences of star wars care about this storyline well there's the cult right the cult of star wars that will always be there sure the the lightsaber brandishing squealing masses of man children as the red letter media people i thought that was one of the most compelling arguments in right. is that at this point it's become such a cult phenomenon mm-hmm. in the real sense and the creepy dark sense of the word that they just there's going to be that core of believers that'll just go no matter what. Sure. And and I'm going to go no matter what either uh, as well. I just no won't go like right away. <laughs> I won't go right away. I might even let it come out on, you know, some streaming service. Maybe. Legal or otherwise. But let's watch it together and let's podcast about it. All right. That's a deal. <laughs> All right. So there you go, Nadim. For Nadim. For Nadim. For Nadim.